out of the darkness and into the light. Comes your horoscope on this dark and stormy night. It is the podcast for 976 Evil 2. With Hello. you. Hello. Hello. With Matt Awkward. Hi. And me, Tristan. Um, yes, we're going to talk about this amazing movie because we're, we're on a roll with the uh, Winorski movies. <laughs> we are Winorskiing all over the place. Yeah, I'm really, um, I'm into this Skiing idea. down Winorski Mountain. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe we can do, uh, maybe we should do uh, Kill Bots next week. Yes. <laughs> that would be great. Um, but either way, this movie is absolutely incredible. Um, it, the, it is a sequel, but it has next to nothing to do with the original except for the inclusion of Spike. And and, and, the and of course the the horoscope part, but all of the all of the events are fairly glossed over. The hoax is gone. It's un- it's unfortunate because I think this has such potential to be more of a franchise than it does. It starts out it's it's it, it could almost the movie is subtitled the Astral Factor <laughs> on the box only, not the uh, not in the actual credit scene. Right. Um, but it could also be called the Chronicles of Spike. I feel because yeah. we kind of pick up Spike's just you know riding his bike. Showing up all leather, looking badass. He's a more mature Spike, and he looks it too. Like, and he looks grizzled. Like, and basically, it doesn't tell you it's so many years after the first movie or anything. You basically kind of pick up and you just assume, okay, Spike's been driving around his bike everywhere, shutting down horrible things that happened to the horoscope people. And in the first movie, Hoax got all possessed and he got the demon powers there. And in this movie, as we'll get to, it's it's a different kind of. He, he gets an astral projection power. The guy that finds the phone number in this. And it kind of like, I just feel like Spike's been going everywhere battling people with different powers that get these different powers from the horoscope. So this is like the, uh, this is the hour-long special for the TV series. Like, mm-hmm. there's been an entire TV series of, like, standalone episodes of 976 Evil it in would be, between. It would be perfect. Just like Friday such, the 13th, the series, every, every one is a different episode where Spike's battling a different This is such a good relic. pitch for, uh, for the sci-fi, I think. <laughs> I think we need to work on that. You guys know where to find us. Yeah, seriously. We will write you a, <laughs> a pitch for this. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so it starts out. You've got, uh, you've got this woman swimming. First of all, you... Yeah. There's a woman swimming, and, and that's so we don't really know whether or not she has made these calls or not. We don't know if she's part of it. We should we should state now too that the movie is kind of broken. Yes, it just some things you like it works with it, but when right. you when you actually it works at the time. Then when you actually start to think about it, you're like, why? Why? Why was she chosen? And who is she? And what's going on? You don't really get it. You just kind of get this random sequence at the beginning, but it's very trippy, and it has like it has the John the the uh, the Winorski sign comes into play in the middle of this. So we've got that moment where she's running away after she gets out of the pool, after she gets out of the pool, and after she sews yeah, gratuitous okay. boobs, <laughs> right? Stating flat out that it is a it is a Winorski movie. Of course, the, <laughs> that important part. He shows up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Before he shows up, I love I love when she's in the shower and the lights start going, and she's like, "Nancy, is that you?" <laughs> we, 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 nev- we never see Nancy at all. Nancy is, of course, the person who controls the lights in the building, <laughs> makes him flicker and makes sounds. God, Nancy, why are you always fucking uh, with the what lights a like that? Trickster. Uh, <laughs> yes. So she runs, and then we get to the big Winarski sign. That is the big sign for the. I assume this is a college. 
Um, yes. Okay. College production of Faust. Yep. Which, which was directed, directed by Joe Bob Bridge. Joe Bob Briggs. Produced by Roger uh, Corman, right? Uh, something. Roger Florman or something. Very. Oh, is it Ryan? It's uh, it, Roger Gorman. <laughs> Gorman. Roger Gorman. <laughs> so, yeah. And just because he has to have a big cartoony sign in every single yeah. movie. <laughs> we get that one, which is really great. I mean, that's a good choice. Um, and... Just an absolutely insane set where the fog machines oh, are going full speed, giant flame pots that are going off, and she's being cha- and she's being chased by the big bad of the movie, Grubeck, who is controlling all the flames and everything mm-hmm. on the set. And he's already he's all, well, it's jumping way ahead, but he's yeah. already like all mutated out, right? Like he's still got the face stuff. Is he in the beginning? I can't I recall. Think I didn't so. think he did. Oh, maybe not. Maybe he just has a weird face. I think. <laughs> this movie is broken. Uh-oh. Here's a question. Was he astral projecting? Now that we know what we know, in the beginning, was he in astral form? Or was he actually in his people he, form now? But he was also controlling the flames. He does just literally show up. Like, yeah. he, like she's showering, and then boom, lights flicker, and then there's a dude in the Fancy. shower stall. <laughs> yep. And he says something weird to her, and yeah. And then, of course, uh, stalactite falls on her, impales her. Yep. And the only witness is Winorski's favorite drunk janitor, uh, George, Buck, George Buck. George Buckflower. Buckflower. Uh, so, yeah. In we, his 37th role as a drunk janitor. Oh, man, I know. <laughs> Straight out of Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama role that he had as the drunk janitor. And uh, Crater Lake Monster, where he was the drunk janitor. And Back to the Future, where he was a drunk bub. <sighs> Man, yeah, he uh, he really he goes he runs the gamut of uh, of pigeonholed roles. I do love that guy though. I do too. Uh, yeah, I love anything he's in usually. So, so what happens basically is he kills this girl with the stalactite on this amazing Faust set, and George Buckflower is the drunk janitor who witnesses the murder, and apparently that's what stops. That's when we learn that this guy Grubeck is a serial killer. Yes. Uh, also. Broken movie, is he a dean, a teacher, professor? We he works at the college. He works at the college and the and the person that we're gonna be introduced to, Nancy. No. No. I'm sorry. What is her name Robin. Sorry. Robin. Yes, yep. Robin. <laughs> Nancy's Robin. flicking lights over there. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's Nancy who's flicking <laughs> the lights. Uh, no, Robin is the one that used to work with him. Yes. And her father is the chief the chief of police. Police? Something. Or, <laughs> he was, oh my god. A therapist, maybe? <laughs> he, was, he was some sort of police therapist, maybe. Something like that. Either way, he was upsetting because every time he showed up... Have you seen the Saturday Night Live episode that had Will Forte as the sex offender on Halloween with John Hamm? Ah, oh, god damn it. He looks exactly like Will Forte's sex offender character, and it's so distracting. But uh, That yeah. didn't distract me, not knowing it. Every single time he showed up, I was just, like, in stitches. But, okay. <laughs> Moving on. So, so, yeah, Robin can't believe it that this guy's always been yes. nice to her and whatnot. And so he gets arrested for... Apparently, five other murders. Yes. He was a serial killer. They finally got him dead to rights with this witness there. Uh, which, is there something I'm missing, or are we going to nope, jump nope, ahead to that, Bucks? No, I, I, think we're, I think we're right there where basically... Going to the hotel. Well, no, no, what's important is that uh, she 
she goes to the police station at the same time as they're booking him. Yes, and they meet she, in the elevator. They there. meet in the elevator, and she touches him and gains psychic abilities. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what? Oh, did, did her hand glow blue? I'm trying to remember. What, oh, shit. Something stupid happened. <laughs> something. Something. Oh, that's happened. right. She touched her, and then all and of a sudden, she, he saw he she saw the whole uh, shower death scene from the beginning there. Yeah, and uh, she, the played death. Right. That started in the shower. Winorski. So, um, right. So, so yes, she so falls now she's down, getting visions. And then sees her father. She gets visions of Grubeck's future kills. Yes. And in this instance, his past kill. And seemingly, <laughs> th- this is another one of those moments of like, I don't really know what's going on. Um, but, so when she touches him or a phone that's ringing from the from 976 evil or something like she goes later on she gets into this office and a 976 evil call comes in she touches the phone it electrifies her hand she falls down and then she has a big flash yep oh that's way later yeah i know but okay but still i'm trying to unravel (laughs) what her actual where this psychic ability comes from and what it's what it's triggered by it's she mentions later in the movie that she never had it but we're never told like why she gains it it feels like well that's the weird part is that it feels like the big bad or like the the overarching bad not just Grubeck the the you know Mark Dark mm-hmm. or whoever's running from the, from the first movie yeah. the guy who's actually calling it seems like he's giving her the psychic flashes because it always seems to have something to do with one of the evil people mm-hmm. like whenever she touches something or it, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no real explanation. There's Trying a to, lot of levels to this. Movie. Th- there really are not. Um, I think <laughs> I, I think we're just kind of <laughs> yeah. That's just gotta dig deeper. Oh, but speaking of, so this is one of my favorite scenes. This mm-hmm. happens right before the thing that we were talking about, which is when we see Spike again, and he shows up at and that, he's at the at the, the diner there, the the diner slash strip club. The, yeah. The, oh, yeah, that was the the other one. Where he orders fries at this gross strip club in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and he he pulls in, and that's when he finally gets... He actually gets one of the 976 evil calls, and he's like... He tells him to fuck off, and then he slams down the phone, and then as soon as he tells him to fuck off, then a light glows through the window, illuminating a giant oh, cross... Oh, it's all angelic and everything. And a yeah. choir of angels sings because he <laughs> told this guy to fuck off. And then he's like in the Jesus pose, and it's like something. I'm sure it meant Man, something. I want to watch it again now because I did. He say "fuck off, asshole." Because I've noticed Spike um, in the first movie and this one, he, he's he says no, asshole. He, no, he says go. Uh, I think he tells him to go fuck himself. Go fuck yourself. I think is what okay. he says. And then as soon as he says that. That's when God's like, you know what? You're my guy. You're my guy. And he blesses him with some sort of angelic choir. <laughs> do you think Do you think this has happened at every other stop that Spike's gone to? <laughs> I really hope so. He That's just, how he knows he's in the right place. He gets oh. the phone call. He says, oh, fuck off. God blesses him. And he's like, all right, I got to mm-hmm. do my work There here. we go. Looks like God's got another job. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like Charlie's angel. Mm, yeah. and, and God is sending him little messages to go, to go take stuff. He is just like Jesus. <laughs> this is amazing. Many levels. <laughs> many, many levels. <laughs> and then we get to the part where the cops bring in the killer and she touches him and mm-hmm. she gets psychic, psychically and then, charged. So she... Shit, where does she find... She finds a horoscope card, too. Yeah, so she's... So first, she meets one of the cops that she seems to vaguely know and goes, Oh, look, oh, your fly's unzipped. And, and then zips creepily. it up herself. 
creepily <laughs> zips up this dude's flesh. So she's already like. I watched that part and I just wondered if I was that dude. Like, I w- he just like stands there and lets her lets her zip up his fly. I think I'd be like take it, like jump, hey, like squirmy, like whoa, whoa. <laughs> seriously, like back off. What's going on? This is, this is real weird. <laughs> And, and we're in public. Please. I'm at work, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it was the 80s and this kind of shit seems like it was 91 in these terrible movies. I'm going to say 91 still counts as the 80s. Okay. I, I agree. Look at her hair and yep. her pants. Yep. I mean, I guess actually her pants kind of scream 91 now that I think about it. <laughs> they were like right up to her, right underneath her ribs. <laughs> Uh, oh my god such a good so look. yeah she meets the, oh that's right she goes okay. to her dad the chief of she goes to chief her dad police therapist is, dad i look, guess yeah we don't really know she what he does. reads the magazine while waiting to be let into her dad's office and then a 976 evil that's card she falls card. out does she have a vision then no no she has the vision later when she touches him or before when she touches him that's, okay <laughs> but either way at once she once she's like passed out she wakes up in her dad's office and then he calls her slugger <laughs> which is you know just what you want to call your daughter i guess hey, hey there slugger heard, heard you had a horrible traumatic experience there sport <laughs> this is my once a week time that i talk to you so you know why still have interests yeah good that's great uh <laughs> but okay, so we find out that she used to work in Grombeck's office. Grombeck. Grombeck sounds Grum, cool. Grum. <laughs> sounds like Grumbeck. an R. <laughs> sounds like an R real monster. Yes. Um, okay, so we meet him, uh, and he's by the time we see him, he's already we know that he's already like deep in with the with the nine seven six yep. line because he's he's already starting to starting to mutate and starting to get a little weird, um, and so. Then we go to George Buckflower behind the two-way glass being like, he can see me. me." (laughs) And uh, no, there's absolutely no way. He looked right at me. Uh, I I love Grubeck's cocky coolness, too, when he's in the uh, the police room. Like, like nothing can... He's... (laughs) And he's just so cocky to everybody. That actor is pretty good. Yes. I mean, for for a movie like this, he's a a pretty awesome actor. And he makes it. He He's really a super memorable big bad for this. And I feel like this is the kind of movie that might have failed without somebody like mm-hmm. him. Because, I mean, the first movie, Stephen was like a Stephen Jeffries like, vehicle. Yeah. It was literally someone watched Fright Night and was like, we want the character of evil. <laughs> we want you to be that spaz in this movie yep. and take over this whole thing. And, like, without him, oh yeah, you need somebody who's that kind of, like, dynamic like scene chewing, yes. Like, which which Grubick is? He absolutely is. He's like old school theater actor mm-hmm. type who's like really he kills it. I mean, that's exactly what they needed. Um, so <laughs> then we get to so we've we've killed George Buckflower at this point, right? Well, not yet. No, oh, that scene's awesome though. Yes. Okay. So that's 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 where we start learning about or really seeing Grubick's astral, learning right. about his powers. Uh, so George Buck Flowers is in witness protection because he's the only guy that knows that he and he's betting on Beetle Bomb, Beetle Bomb, yes, <laughs> and asking the cop to bring him wine, yes, <laughs> and witness protection, and uh, and that's when and it's really cool though he, he goes and looks at himself in a mirror and Grubeck shows up behind him and I, yep. I've always loved it's such a cheap gag gimmick but Absolutely. like it fucking works it works like, when when all of a sudden like he looks and Grubeck's standing behind him in a mirror but not there when he turns around yeah 
And so, you know, he does a traditional smashing the mirror, running into the bathroom. <laughs> He's still in that mirror, smashes that. And then there's this weird scene where the toilet just starts smoking and, like, building up and building up. And you're like, what the hell is going to happen? Like, is is, is, is the toilet going to explode and kill somebody? Like, yeah. And the toilet does explode and, and nothing happens. Yep. It, but then just Grubek walks out of the smoke and goes, you forgot to flush. And that's... <laughs> And that's it, yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, so he just, you know, zips in throughout a walls, teleporting in his astral form, chasing George Buckflower around, until eventually he just grabs him and drags him into the middle of the road, yep. where a tractor-trailer truck is coming. And, and this- he explodes <laughs> extravagantly. Yes, it's fantastic. Beautiful, but- just tiny little pieces. But, hilarious broken movie, the first time you see the truck... It's like way the hell out, and you hear the truck horn. Like he sees him, and he's like, "Like get out of the road, buddy! Like I'm gonna hit you in a mile." Yeah, <laughs> but that's the last horn you hear, that's- and the truck just keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming, and then the explosion. Listen, he's that guy's committed to where he's going, and he's not—he's <laughs> not slowing down for anybody. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so we're we're at this point. We get back to now. I'm losing track. We've got. Uh, we get to the point in the living room. Is that the the when he sneaks into? He's, Spike meets the girl first at the oh, diner. Oh, he meets the girl at the diner, and she drops the nine seven six evil card. Yes. At the, so he knows that she's on the line with this thing. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes to break into Grubeck's, Grubeck's house. house. Yes. And then, and we're not really told that it's. House. This is one of those things where it's just like he pulls up to this house and just starts crowbarring the door, and you're like, "Who the hell are you?" They don't really make it clear. <laughs> Spike's kind of a dick. Yeah, and it's, right. Then they do make it clear when he finds up the picture of Grubeck on the desk. Right. Like, okay, I guess exactly. you're in this house now. And as soon as as soon as he starts like rifling through things, the soundtrack goes completely Danny Elfman. And so as soon as like the Danny Elfman stuff starts happening, then the sink attacks him. The the, the sink sprayer starts spraying on him. The stove to opens the point up. where he can't cross the room. It is holding him back. The spray is so He find he finally beats the spray. The stove opens up. The stove starts shooting fireballs. He jumps over the fire. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the fridge comes alive. Yes. <laughs> the freezer opens up. Pizzas start shooting out of him. He's, he's it's like a shooting gallery. He's jumping and dodging all these pizzas. He j- Spike's so awesome. He jumps up on the counter. He's still getting pizzas shot out of him. He's jumping all over the sink. <laughs> Amazing. But then he gets out into the living room where, where apparently <laughs> this guy who works at a school has a collection of automatic weapons. and then On the wa- wall. On the wall, completely loaded. And one of them comes to life in midair. Floating. Floating. And starts shooting at him ineffectually. With absolutely no recoil absolutely and granted it's floating in the air but like it's just you're just looking at basically you're looking at a picture of a gun that mm-hmm. they just added flash effects to at the end yes. of it and and absolutely misses of course we we don't have a dead spike but spike then grabs it out of the air well i love first time he gets oh. to it he takes that magazine he throws it like a decoy and the, the gun like point shoots this magazine that's when spike makes his move and he grabs a gun yeah. And then we have the Evil, Evil Dead, Dead 2, 2 reference. Where the, the boar comes to life and he's like, like, hey, watch where you're pointing that thing. Hey, Spike, how you doing? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and then, then Spike uh, takes the gun and blows up the boar's head. Yep. And just kind of shoots up the room a little bit <laughs> for good measure. It's so awesome. It's, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a real high point of this movie. <laughs> um, and then, so we get, 
Oh my so Spike, god. So Spike shoots the telephone, and apparently that stops everything. Right. Okay. The, oh. Because once once the phone started ringing, he picked it up, and that's what I was like when he said asshole earlier. Like I feel like Spike just like says the word asshole so good. He's like, <laughs> cut it out, asshole. Hangs up the phone. Hangs up the and phone. And then the phone rings again. He's like, I said fuck off, asshole. <laughs> yes, he does. He has a good, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. So then he he tricks Robin. He goes back and meets Robin again, right? Yeah. And then tricks her shows. to sneak into his office. Well, he doesn't trick her. He asks her to. He, he asks, says you need well, to. he asks her yeah. to. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he asks her to go into the office. Because he, he, he's got the, uh, he got his phone bill, where it's just nothing right. but 976 evil going down, pages yep. and pages and pages. So she's like, you need to get something. You need to go into his office to and, get something. And it was very much like, you need to get into his drawer. And that was like, <laughs> very important. So. I love this part too. So, oh. So Robin goes to sneak into his office by walking in. Greeting his secretary. Yes. Hi! But then, <laughs> as she does every time she's going anywhere, she sneaks in like a silent film villain where she's hunched over, and she's just kind of creeping, and it, like it looks like it's going to flash to a card explaining what she's doing, but it's like just amazing. Actually, everyone in this movie, whenever yeah. they're sneaking, they're all like, they're very silent film. They yeah. look like they should have capes. But I just, I just love how Robin like greets... Yeah, like, hi. but and they're on a first name basis. She's like, "Hi, Robin. Hi." hi. And then she like gets to the door, but she, you know, where else is she gonna go? She just walked out the hallway, like after saying hi to somebody, then starts going into sneak mode. <laughs> and then, like you said with the silent film, it's yep. like this over exaggerated. Like you're watching a play. Like I'm looking for something. I'm gonna lift up this piece of paper. Now I'm gonna look under here. <laughs> and that's where she touches the phone because she gets the phone call yep. from nine seven six evil. They he says that's he, after she found that ridiculously obvious plant in the schedule book that she looked she ripped out that page and it said something of uh right. i think it was a plot line that went nowhere it said, i like, think so too. look into some kind of science research company or something like that and and i think they probably just like abandoned that they're like yep yeah, screw it so okay so she has the flash again yes and she sees the so when when it electrifies her whatever happened this was a huge problem i had she saw the car crash death right yes so basically, you see this character die, and it happens in the thing. So, it, my big problem with that was that then we actually see that character die, and it's just watching the same flashback we saw, like what flash forward actually we saw five minutes ago, where it's just like you just spoiled. Except that she was driving next to her in the. Ah, uh, okay. So you you have her trying. To, I I guess she's not really trying mm. to stop her from crashing. Maybe, but. yeah. Yeah, you don't really know, but she is she's there. So there, it's slightly different, but it is obviously the same exact <laughs> footage. Um, yeah, and and no matter what she does... So it's kind of like, yeah, you're going to crash into that giant right. electrical place yeah, and explode hugely, because they didn't just make that explosion for a dream sequence. You know right. what's going to happen. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he's stabbing Steve from K-Hell when he comes yes. up. Yes, oh, that was awesome. Yep, that very like Freddy Krueger kind of like. Yes, he contacts the uh, the attorney, that the prosecutor that's going against him mm-hmm. uh, through the car phone. Yeah. Uh, and takes over her car. Takes over her radio <laughs> People listening right now are probably so confused. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a scene that we didn't even talk about already. Before. Oh, yeah, yeah. We kind of skipped over that, which I found funny, too, was that the prosecutor that he ends up dying is played by Monique Gabriel, who is... Uh, a big skin star in genre picks and softcore stuff. And oh, I don't know who she is. Oh, she's naked all over the place. 
I'm not except, pretending. Except, I promise. Except for this movie. Huh. <laughs> and it's a Winorski movie. So I just find that a fun little trivia. My guess is that this movie was probably edited to come out the way that it did so that it seemed less like a Winorski movie. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that there were probably a lot more like gratuitous scenes and they were like, dude, how about we back it off and actually try to like make this a real movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Monique, you get to keep your clothes on. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Um, okay, so but that is the that is the death though, right? That's the that's the one that she foresaw. That yes, was, that was her. Yeah. Okay, so so that happens. She drives into a she drives into a power station. Yes. Oh my god! Oh th- shit! That car chase. It, it did that thing from Commando where like they were like smashing up the car and then it's completely scuffed, oh yeah like no scuffs it, it rounds a corner and completely spins out but then it like doesn't cut and it's straight yeah straight and down. everything's like the the car goes from being completely half demolished or like one side completely ripped off to being like completely brand new oh, over and over the, and over and over again in the crash they also took out a beautiful 1990 Honda Civic hatchback that that kind of made me cry a little bit <laughs> Because I drive one of those cars and I love them. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, it also it also took out a power station. Mm-hmm. So that that was the big crash yep. was that she drove it into a into an entire power station. <laughs> and it exploded. I also thought her car choice was strange for her character. She was like this straight laced, like <laughs> prosecuting attorney and everything with a car phone in a what? Like it was probably I'm not a big supercar guy. 1978 Camaro, yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, it was not not what I would have not lawyer car in. by no. any means. No, she should have been in a Beamer, but he had yeah. like a shitty old Camaro yep. that needed to crash. <laughs> so, yeah. Or he had footage of a, a Camaro crashing <laughs> is probably more likely. And so they were like, mm, let's figure this out. Um, either way, we get uh, Grubeck coming back out of the power station because he was possessing the car, apparently. Yes. So he's... Oh, that's his, right, he walks out of the flames. His astral form walks yeah. out of the flames and comes and talks to Robin and kind of molests her and was, like, touching her face and being super creepy. And then uh, and then we get to... Uh, then we get to that scene in the bookstore. Which, oh, yes. So... <laughs> hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break for a minute because I need more water. But, uh, but I'll be right back with this. Hey friends, did you know that Coast City Comics and the Funbox Monster Emporium have our own magazine? Well, it's true. The first issue was just released and it's full of cool stuff, like an interview with Sean Gordon Murphy about Batman the White Knight. It features never-before-released artwork from Batman the White Knight and all sorts of secrets that he wouldn't tell anybody else. We've got an in-depth interview with one of the PMRC's Dirty Dozen, Bill Lindsay of Impaler, talking about his band and his horror toy collection and all sorts of other stuff. We've got Frank Bellow of Anthrax, telling us whatever happened to all the jams they used to wear. And we've got Damien Maffei, the killer from Strangers Pray at Night, talking about music, animals run amok horror films, and all sorts of other stuff. It's only five bucks, and it's available at Coast City Comics and CoastCityComics.com. Okay, we're back. And so <laughs> Matt was saying how we were kind of, during our break... He was he was mentioning we are very disjointed here. that how, how disjointed that is. But to be fair, that's kind of the whole point of the podcast <laughs> is that these movies, like especially the, their plots, are not really super solid. <laughs> and so trying to pull it together is kind of uh, a difficult task. And with and with a movie like this, <clears throat> like like this kind of theme movie of supernatural 
crazy shit happening. I kind of feel like ideas probably fly left and right. Like, whoa, what if oh, he possessed yeah. the radio? Whoa, what if what if this came alive? Right. What if? And and so so many of these things, I think, get thrown and stuck to the wall. Some fall off. Some Absolutely. Stick, some get forgotten about. Some lead lead on to threads that never <laughs> right. like. Oh, what if he finds a secret research factory yeah, in this yeah. building? Like, I'm wondering if they were going somewhere with that with his note that he found when he was like I need to find this yeah. research like is there like scientists working on a horoscope machine and that was just like a thread that was never ever <laughs> explored oh that would be amazing actually um yeah I, it's, sci-fi hit us up yeah exactly <laughs> god damn it I would oh my god 976 Evil the series could totally work this could really work <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if we could get old man Spike yes I wonder if Spike in his like early 50s would, would be interested in reprising his oh, role and, he, and, he, and he's like teaching his his son to like hunt horoscope <laughs> son I'm gonna teach you how to hunt horoscope today and now it can be anywhere cause I'm giving you my Harley <laughs> oh, I don't want the bike I'll ride hoax a scooter thanks oh, oh man if they could get another hoax that would be the best he's still around he's back he's back to real movies Really? Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, because uh, I mean, not that salacious adult well, cinema yeah. is fake movies, but yeah, Stephen Stephen Jeffrey's interesting had, career path there had taken a turn <laughs> into doing gay porn for a very long time. Um, you know, more power to him. Uh, I just loved him in all of the like. I've loved him as an actor. Yes. in the three movies that he got decent roles in. Well, there's nine seven six evil. Uh, Fright Night. Fright Night. Uh, Fraternity Vacation. Yeah, and that would be the third one. Nice, nice, nice. I think those are literally the only three I can think of. Yep, same. I don't feel like he's gotten anything else. Um, But I do, (laughs) I don't know. I'd always wish that he would do more stuff. Um, It's sad. I saw, did you watch the Fright Night documentary? I did not, no. It's really good. Nor did I know there was one. It's it's enormous. It is like, it is. Is it one of these eight hour ones? Yeah, well. Not quite, but it's like it's like three and a half, four hours, yep. um, and it is it's exhaustive. But and it also does Fright Night two, which was kind of oh, cool. Sweet. I like Fright Night well, two. Well, little bits of it. <laughs> um, and there's uh, oh my god! But Stephen Jeffries talking is so like it's kind of a bummer because he has this this kind of attitude where he thinks of himself as a leading man. Mm-hmm. And he was really insulted by the roles that he got. It feels like it feels like playing the nerd was really like like he wasn't about it. He wasn't about it at all, and he hates. He yeah, it's hates, unfortunate because he nails that nerd. Like he does, he's and he's so he's so perfect at it, and he's so like he's so likable and unlikable at the same time in the way that he does stuff. And it's just I I don't know. It just makes me kind of sad to hear that he didn't dig what he was doing. Yep, um, but. Either way, he is so fucking awesome. So, uh, Stephen, if you're out there and you want to reprise Hoax and come back in our 976 Evil series... Who better? We just ignore it. He's another family member entirely. Okay. Who just looks like Hoax. He's way better. He's the cool guy. He's a cool guy. He could be... He well, could I, was, be, I was thinking he'd reprise it as Demon Hoax, where he's not the nerd anymore, oh. but he's badass. Like, he could, he could be like... He got thrown in the pit of hell at the end of the first one. Now he's back. You know, real yeah. time. What is this? Thirty years later. Okay, I'm with you. And he's like super badass demon now, <laughs> with this whole like army. This is great. Oh my god, we need we need to sci-fi do this. hit us up. Sci-fi hit us up. This is this is great. <laughs> okay, so but we're getting to the best part. Of, well, not really the best part of the movie. We're getting to what should have been the most expensive part of the movie, which was Brigitte Nielsen. Yes. 
for who did one day of shooting for Jim Wynorski after losing a bet or something. Oh, this, she I no she idea lost, what you're about. She lost a game of pool to Wynorski at a party. Where like, did you see this? <laughs> on Wikipedia. <laughs> so the reason she showed up in this movie at all, she was this was like the height of her career. Like she was getting yeah. she was this was where she was getting real This paychecks. was like before the sad flavor Yeah, stuff. exactly. Like she should not have been in this movie. <laughs> that was this is a career suicide move for her. But they uh, apparently they were playing pool and he said he would put on a dress and clean her house for for a a week <laughs> if he lost and she would work for scale on his movie if she lost. So <laughs> so she wound up and apparently oh, a very, a very close game of pool wound up with her working as the the weird Elvira in a gigantic dress. <laughs> Elvira on steroids. Elvira on steroids. <laughs> yeah, the, she looks like she's wearing like Elvira's equivalent of the David Byrne big suit from the <laughs> Burning Down the yes, House video. Yes. Uh, like it, the shoulder pads or are like, like the big Klaus Nomi like, shoulders. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Four feet out. Very nice. But uh, okay. and, he, and he's like, he's like. I need a book on astral projection. She's like, there's 3,000 different kinds of books on astral projection. Uh, One of my favorite parts, uh, one of my favorite things about this part was he shows up here and there's like smoke everywhere and it's all spooky and all all these other things. And he shows up and he's like, What's with what's with all the spooky stuff? Is this a gag or something? It's like motherfucker, you've just seen that demonic possession is for fucking real. What do you mean? What is this a gag? Shut up. <laughs> and also, it's pretty implied that he pauses this like hunt for the serial killer demon mm-hmm. to have sex with Brigitte Nielsen. Yes, it's it's at least strongly hinted. Yes. Which, ah, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> like, priorities, man. Seriously. <laughs> um, okay, so he finds his book on astral projection, yes. apparently, and reads it on his motorcycle trip mm-hmm. back, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, and while he's making his motorcycle trip back from Lucifer's, the, the bookstore that sells yes. 3,000 astral projection books, <laughs> um, we get Robin and her friend watching TV. This, which is this whole movement is incredible. Oh my god! This I have remembered this scene from this movie. I I think I've attributed it to like six different movies over the years because I it's I have, it's a scene that I honestly forgotten about, and then once I once it started up, I instantly remembered it from you know when I was sixteen or so renting this from Blue Vision. And like I was like, oh every yeah. time you hear a bell, a zombie takes a soul to hell. I have <laughs> quoted <laughs> constantly. So, th- yeah, absolutely. So to break it down, what we're talking about is uh, Robin and her friend yes. are watching uh, Night they're of the watching, Living Dead. They're watching two copyright-free films. Her friend loves Night of the Living Dead. But she has had a lot of traumatic experiences today. <laughs> and so she's thinking maybe let's watch a Christmas movie. So there's A Wonderful Life on another channel. And so they keep fighting to switch back and forth. You know, her friend not really caring that she's completely emotionally scarred by the serial killer. <laughs> like, no, you know you almost died. Watch some blood and watch, guts. Watch Night of the Living Dead. You're going to miss the part where you... He... Make some popcorn. I, I want to watch the part where they eat the guts. Eat the guts. <laughs> eat the guts. Yep. And, uh, and so... So she and does. Then, so Robin goes to get popcorn. She goes to make popcorn. 
And while she's gone, a, a very Nightmare on Elm Street sequence happens where our killer shows up on the TV selling a Zapomatic uh, remote control. Super remote. Yes. <laughs> and it's got the fake commercial with the hillbilly. Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> oh, what's this? Oh, that's a microwave remote. Oh, what's this? It's a garage door open. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yes. And the payoff is that the other remote control goes to a vibrator. Yes. That's... Go thanks, thanks. Vibrator. Well, derp. <laughs> derp. Thanks, Winorski. Um, and stay classy. But what's really important, and this, I say this very genuinely, this sequence is very well done. Yes. Like, for, I don't even want to say for him. Like, mm-hmm. just in general, it looks great. The color matching is dead on. Yes. And what, what happens is it's a mashup. It's a mashup of. Way before mashups yeah. were a thing. Of. Mashing up, it's a wonder. The closing scene of "It's a Wonderful Life" with Night of the Living Dead, and the girl gets sucked into the TV. Yeah. The whole the whole movie becomes black and white, and like you said, the color matching, like cutting back from her and the "It's a Wonderful Life" cast looks flawless. And then when it turns when it turns to Night of the Living Dead, the color changes to that weird chroma kind of look mm-hmm. that that looks like Night of the Living Dead, yep. where you're like. But, he clearly knows what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. Winorski is clearly a talented director yes. who could probably be doing real movies. Like, from watching that scene alone, I was like, dude, what would have happened if you tried? <laughs> like, instead of just going along and being, like, like sticking with Julie Corman for your entire life. And I like, just want to say, Jim, thank you, because I like these movies oh, more I, than, I, quote, Real movies. I, I, I absolutely. I one hundred percent. That's the other I hate thing. Hate real movies. I hate real movies as well, usually. But I, but it is fascinating because I think that he definitely has. That, oh yeah, he has that level of skill where he could have gone. Somewhere on. down the road, he just stopped caring about it. Exactly. He just he just wanted to make boob movies, and he was like, "That's that's it. This yeah. is this is all I want to do." And he's living his best life, I guess. Yep. Um, and and somehow he doesn't seem to be a creep. Uh, we'll probably find out late, different later, but. So far, he there is no Jim Minorsky yeah. Me Too going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like people have people seem to have really decent relationships with yep. with Winorsky. So, so there you go. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> all right, but we get this we get this moment where where the little girl we are turns as broken as the movie. Yes. Okay. The little girl turns and says a version of her famous line, which is every time you hear a bell, a zombie takes a soul to hell. And then the then all of the all of the people in oh, it's a wonderful life turn the and they're party all turn and they're all zombies all zombies and then the little girl from the basement comes with her spade and stabs <laughs> stabs her friend to death. Cut to the bell at the end of it's a wonderful life dinging with the the end. Bing bing. Yep. For her friend to come back from the popcorn and do yes. a uh, drop the food scream. Yes, and she's got a she's got a spade in her yep. chest and she's laying dead on the ground, and then. We have another weird choice that doesn't... I mean, I guess it does pay off at the end. That whole scene kind of reminds... It's like it's like a stay tuned moment from the John oh. Ritter movie. Like, oh, yeah. Like this, this weird horror TV skit kind of... Oh, it, it's absolutely like... It you, feels... could watch, you could watch that whole scene as a short film and it would just be... You wouldn't even need to know oh, yeah. anything about the plot of the movie. You'd just be like two friends sitting there... Like I've had a rough day, <laughs> you know. That, that whole scene could just be a cut short film. That would if be fantastic. I didn't know any better, I would say that this movie was originally a spec script for a Freddy movie. Mm-hmm. 
It, it feels, definitely has some Fred moments. Like it's, it very much feels like a Nightmare on Elm Street. That just the possessing kind of, the radio, yeah, the, the being the remote control gimmicky guy. Yeah, all of that stuff is super. I mean, they were doing a lot of that around this time. Shocker and all yeah. those. Like there were a lot of movies that were kind of trying to. Cash I in love on Fred. those kind of movies. I love the supernatural gimmicky tough guy. Yeah. Like oh, absolutely. Like yeah. the Freddy uh, House Three, the horror show there. The, uh, oh my god, that movie is great. Yes. Uh, that would be another good one to do, too. Brian James Turkey. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. That was so good. Um, yep. Uh, shit. Okay, so <laughs> off track again. <laughs> but we get to this point where she's dead on the ground, and then Grubeck shows up again in astral form in the living room and talks to our talks to Robin and basically says... Oh look! You killed your friend and calls nine one one in her voice yep. and says, "Oh no, I killed my friend! Come quickly, bring police and blah 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 blah." So he's entrapping her by saying that now yes. she has no choice because otherwise she's going to go to prison forever. Because oh, okay, she's, maybe that wraps up the end a little bit more for me. But they never mention that. Well, I mean, and more than that, I mean, yeah. she. We'll get there. She was. <laughs> There's there's an easy out for that because she could have been under duress. Yep. But that's an easy that's an easy out for that particular moment. And yeah. Ah, oh, God, the ending. Shit. Okay, we can't get to the ending just yet. <laughs> well, actually, we're real close. We're close. We're real close. Um, okay, so we get to this really confusing plan that Spike has, yeah. which is involves some dynamite. It involves dynamite and getting. Grubeck to drive a semi after him, and and this is another part where the movie gets broken because how does how does Gru- Grubeck gets the semi by killing the cop right and gets out of the dude? You got me, you got me on that cell. one. Uh, yeah, because my memory is terrible. But it's but one of the me, things I was th- like the assumption in my mind was going to be that he was going to somehow get him to abandon his astral form and come at him as a man. Yes. But nope, he's just distracting his astral form. And for some reason, he thinks that throwing dynamite... Dynamite will kill a ghost. Yeah. I don't know that he thinks that, but I mean, it's like if he would just keep driving and like avoid him, like have him chase him, then he would never have a chance to go back. There would be a long time before he comes back and she could, if she's really being sent there to assassinate him, which is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. It looks like Robin is coming in. She's got a gun. Yeah. She's coming up to the cell. She unlocks the cell door. That's right. He's going to distract the thing. She's going to kill him while his astral form because apparently she can't kill him with the cell door closed I don't know why that is but uh, (laughs) but so she goes in and of course just at the wrong time he's thrown the dynamite and (laughs) Spike tries to blow up an astral projection driving a semi truck and he's this happens and he's kind of successful I mean he gets snapped back into his body which is exactly the opposite of what he wants Mm -hmm. like by blowing up the truck he's now right back there in the cell about to kill Robin and Spike dies right that's his and that kills Spike well (laughs) spoiler alert well well not really because we're right there yeah Um, so Spike gets gets hit and I don't know if he's dead at that moment or if he's astral projecting and he's staying sort of alive if he's well, like, no he like shudders on the ground a little bit then he then you see him get up he gets yeah. up his body gets up and then he does the, the ghost teleporting thing right the blue beam so he's gone but uh but one other thing I wanted to touch on another broken part of the movie was that we learned from Bridget Nielsen's character was when you're astral projecting you 
you don't look like you. You look like a gross manifestation of your soul. So or, we've, we've, well, we, we, right. we've, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but Grubeck looks gross throughout the movie and gets progressively grosser as the movie goes on. And the makeup effects are, are, are fantastic. Yeah, I love great. Like his face looks so gross. But at the same time, this cop comes and wakes him up in his cell before. He's just like, hey, Grubeck, I got, got that skin cream you needed for your ugly right. ass face. Have fun chasing coeds with those looking right. like the face of the moon. Right. And it's just like, but wait a minute. We, we've learned that yeah, astral you were projection that that looks gross. To be, that like, was supposed to be his... your soul that yeah. looks gross as opposed to just you looking gross. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get what that was about. Um I do like Grubeck's line though. Where he's like, "Good." The cops like, "Good luck chasing girls." What do you? You look like your your face looks like the surface of the moon. And he goes, "Actually, I think it I represents think... the topography of hell." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna win them over with my sparkling personality. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm win them over with my sparkling personality. That was, oh god, yeah. So, so, so Spike's... this giant ass convoluted plan involving dynamite, a tractor trailer truck, Spike's and motorcycle. I guess involving and Spike killing himself. Involving Spike totally eating it yeah. yeah it looks like spike just intentionally kills himself so we're apparently she goes she knows she's being chased by a serial killer so she goes and stares off the edge of a giant cliff <laughs> um and and then while she's there he shows up behind her says ah oh, that's a lovely view blah 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 and then <laughs> then he's oh he's telling her he's like you have to you have to tell me that you love me blah yes. blah blah and then Spike's last last words to him are, "I love you, asshole. <laughs> I love you, asshole." And, and then, then awesome punches Spike, him. asshole, punches Grubeck in the face, setting him off a cliff. <laughs> I love you, asshole. <laughs> I love you, asshole. Uh, and that's that's it. So she. So yeah, that's that's where. Oh. Yeah, because we don't know. She seems to not know that he's a ghost. Yeah, she does not know that. But then he disappears, and then when the cops come, he evaporates. Like, he's he's gone. There's nothing there. She sees sparkles go into space. She does. Okay. And then when they're like, well, then what happened to Grubbeck? And she's like, oh, Spike did it. And he's like, Spike wasn't there. He's dead. And she's like, what? <laughs> Saw him evaporate. You just saw him evaporate into sparkles. Does he normally do that? He flew into like <laughs> pink and baby blue sparkles into the sky, and then and so basically she with with that stupid line frames herself for the murder. Mm-hmm. So, so then the cops is like, well, who killed Grubeck then? Gotta be you. It's gotta be you. They just book her and toss her into the back of the and it's like the ambulance. Wh- you wouldn't just assume the, from the fact that there's this dude with like his face is basically melting and he's been. <laughs> He's pretty he, much clearly the serial killer. dead cops behind him from this guy that was escaped a jail cell that's already been arrested for serial killing. Like, this would in no way be a self-defense. Yeah, no, they're not even going to consider self-defense so for this, like, the girl just gets handcuffed, screams, gets driven away, and it's like, roll credits. Well, and then payphone rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, there's literally no one there to no, see There's it. nobody there. So it's like, the poor guy, poor Mark Dark. It's just like calling up. It's like, hey, guys, come on, remember me? I'm like, even Mark guy? Dark with an E. <laughs> Dark? Dark A? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And so there we are. That's 976 Evil 2. I, have, I don't feel like I understand it any better than I did when we started. Nope. Um, however, uh, we, we mentioned doing this movie last, last time. 
and uh, or we talked about it after the podcast or whatnot. I remember having this movie being not very well liked by yes, and I remember myself like I I didn't remember it, but I just remember like yeah, it's nowhere near as good as the first one, but I remember enjoying it. I watched it and I've watched it twice in the past like two weeks or so, and I love it. Like I absolutely love this movie yeah. that I didn't think like I again, but. The first movie was a high-budget horror movie. Like, for the time, I, it looks like a very expensive movie yep. for what it is. It looks like a it looks like it had, like, nightmare budget. Oh, the makeup effects are incredible in it, too. The, in the first one? Yeah, in the first one. Yeah. Kevin Yeager did all the effects for the oh. first one, I think, if I'm not mistaken. This is deja vu from the last time. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think we talked about that last time. But it's... Yeah, his his effects are great, and like all the set design and everything, where hell has frozen over in yeah, the house. Yeah, this, this, I just love the characters too. All the punkers that play poker in the project, projection room. Like, I think all of those dudes were from Thrashin. Yeah. Like, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I feel like at least three of those dudes were in the movie. At least Thrashen. one of them just hung out in the bathroom all the time, skateboarding <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> yeah. So. Th- I, I have a fondness for people who used to be in the movie Thrashing. And I just like 80s <laughs> skate punks. Yes, me too. In movies. Uh, and yeah, I mean, 976 Evil, to be fair, it holds together a lot better than this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie is disjointed and confusing. Yes. I mean, as as is evidenced by us trying to pull it together in the podcast, and like, I can't. I mean, it's very hard to, to pull together a narrative to actually explain what was going on. Yeah, it's so loose. It's <laughs> absolutely. Like how Spike meets our main character. He just drives to the diner and yep. she's just sitting by herself at a table. And, and he's, he's like, like, you know what? I've decided that I want to talk to you. He's like, hey, he just sits down. Hey, where do kids hang out around these places? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to party town. At the, uh, and she's like, out by the willows or some shit. We're like, we all hang out. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's, it's almost just like, oh shit, we never made Spike meet this girl uh, just throw in a diner he just, just walks and sits down yeah. at a table he's just like so what's good here <laughs> and yeah and I mean 976 Evil the original is like tight like mm-hmm. everything is everything makes perfect sense and all the scenes are set up perfectly and all that so it's I don't know it's yeah it's a better movie yeah. I, I mean just as far as like making more sense but I definitely have a fondness for the second one and just a just a side little side story here uh I met Robert Englund back in 2002, and I said, like, I, dude, I love 976 Evil. Like, are you going to direct anything else? And he was just like, well, you know, uh, I want to, but the, uh, you know, the effects now are all, like, I don't know all the computer stuff and the effects and stuff, and it just made me sad because it was just like, why don't you just make it like just you do did it. this one <laughs> and don't do the computer effects. Oh, that's but really then he made bad. that movie Killer Pad, which was just, oh, God. just awful. Yeah. Didn't he also make The Mangler? Wasn't that him? Or was he just starring in it? Uh, Toby Hooper did. Didn't he? No, really? I think. Oh, Jesus. My memory's scrambled. That was was not a great movie. (laughs) But I need a copy of that on VHS if anybody else has (laughs) Yes. I only have Mangler 2 and 3. Ah, yes. Not as good as Mangler 1, oddly. (laughs) As as shocking as that is. Mangler 2 and 3, not as good as the first. No, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. Well, okay, cool. Well, thank you. I think that we've I think we've exhausted everything yep. that we can talk about with the uh, nine seven six evil two. So out of the darkness and into the light, from Tristan and Matt. Good night. Good night.